don't know what's going on here and people don't know what this city has to offer. And it has a lot to offer, but nobody really knows how to access it. Welcome to BizCast Greater Lacrosse. I am your host, Vicki Markison. We're bringing you news out of the business community. And joining me today is Roxanne Aubrey and Rachel McFarland. You are co-owners of Oak Publishing. And you produce a zine. Explain what a zine is. Zines have been around for a long time. They've always been subversive. They started out, what, with like science fiction letters at some point. And then it just grew from there. But then it died a bit, like in the 90s, because you had GeoCities and blogs and stuff. So kind of fell by the wayside. But then the subcountercultures did it. So punk, trans and all of that stuff. I started doing their own zines and now it's become another huge thing because we've got some really crappy gatekeepers out there and people want to get their messages out and zines is perfect, perfectly good way to do it. Is it a playoff of like magazine, the Z-I-N-E? Yeah. Yes. It's more of a magazine-y. That's where the word comes from. But yeah, like small press, yeah. Uh, artistic, do it yourself. A lot of DIY culture. Yeah, a lot of them are collaged art or there's no limit to it, really. That's part of what's awesome. There's no definition for the form. Yeah, yeah, like the stitching, the actual design of the object is cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's part art and part voice, right? Right. What made you want to get started? We were bored. (laughs) <laughs> you went really. to New York and you went to a bookstore you knew in New York. Yeah, right? Blue Stocking Bookstore. It was in the on the Bowery down on the Lower East Side. I'm from New York or, or I lived there for 25 years. And there was a zine section and I texted Rachel like, this is so cool. I was just I came back and I couldn't shut up about it. It was just a wall of really creative stuff. Some of it graphic novelist kind of stuff, like eight pages, just real clever stories. Not very expensive. And she's a writer. Really yeah, beautiful so writer. Had, yeah, it centers some of my work. And she had laid, did you, I don't remember if you did that before, mm. laid out my that piece, the oh, first the, one that we did. The India yeah. piece. Yeah. And, and Yeah, she gave it to me. And she's like, because she, she doesn't really give her stuff out. She's kind of shy about it. And so she sent it to me and I'm like, so good. I know exactly the way this looks. Mm. And so I laid it out like really fast. I gave it to you like in a day or yeah. something. And she was so excited. And it was just, all right, we can do this. This is not hard to do. We can do this. And since I've been in the print industry for 30 years in New York and here now, I'm an independent contractor for graphic design stuff. And so I know how to get things printed and done and designed and she knows how to make them sound good. And that's just kind of how it happened. So it just started that way. What was your first one and what have been some of the topics? The first one was a piece I had written. I took a trip to India. A couple of years ago, I was there for like two months and I had written this just an essay travel blog sort of thing. And then I'd done some artwork. So she put all of that into one. And then, yeah, we stitched that. That was our first one. Then we opened it up for submissions. We had a couple writers from the Minnesota Prison Writing Workshop. They both did poetry. And then we had a local woman. She created some artwork based on reading their poetry. Tatiana? Just really... Her name? No. Yeah, I'm not going to remember her name. Off the top of my head. But yeah, for a while it was pairing kind of local writer or semi-local writers and local artists. And then it just started branching out. We were playing with a lot of different concepts when we started. We had a whole other subset, the poor eyes thing that we tried to do that kind of fell by the wayside. And then this... You always had the idea for the... 
this sort of city right thing i'm in the on the back burner yeah so. it was sitting there for at least a year before i knew what i was going to do with it but yeah it's sometimes it's na- nature stuff like but it's also graduated from art stuff to more community oriented stuff mm. i really 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 think that this city is a desert for local news and we used to have a website lacrosse independent Yes. Oh, my God. It was so good. <laughs> and we needed it. And people were hungry for it. But for reasons, it doesn't really do much right now. But we need stuff like that. People don't know what's going on here. And people don't know what this city has to offer. And it has a lot to offer. But nobody really knows how to access it. So that's part of what this demystifying city government series is about, is how to access city government, how to make the people in government less terrifying, more approachable, and let people know that this is their government. This They wield the power, and they need to wield the power. And they don't, because they don't really know where to start. So that's what this these books are about. The first one's getting a proposal in front of council. And everybody can do it. You can do whatever you want. It doesn't mean it's going to get voted in, but, you know, if you can get the support for it in your neighborhood, and you can get some people in council behind it. You have a pretty good shot. Small town. We have very little institutional lethargy here. Mm-hmm. We can turn this ship around before it hits the iceberg. So let's do it. And that's what this is about. The second one's on direct legislation. Yeah, that one's a tricky one. It's a, it's very complicated and has a lot of... Because yeah, it's stretching from local to national level in different Based on who we talk to. Right. So. There are local applications as well. Mm-hmm, of course. We'll talk about some of that in, in the zine as well. And then this, the third one is getting elected to office. Because, frankly, I think we need a renter on council. We have one kind of, I think it's the student one, mm-hmm. but I don't know that we need an honest to God, hardcore, long-term rental person who's never going to be able to buy a house and just understands the rental situation from a renter's perspective. We don't have that on council, I don't think. And yes, I'm putting that out there. We really need to get a renter on council. So anybody who gets the third zine and is inspired, I will help you with your graphics. Everybody needs help, honestly, running <laughs> yeah. for office. You don't get elected by just your own vote. So, no, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So where is the business model for this? So, of course, people have amazing... <laughs> Amazing passion, right? Amazing talent. How do you monetize it? We don't yeah. know. We don't know. This has been our big stumbling block <laughs> yeah, because absolutely. I'm a terrible capitalist and she's a terrible capitalist. <laughs> maybe and worse. Maybe worse. Yeah, she's an artist. No, I, and that's a real problem. I don't, monetizing this has been hard. We do sell, all of our zines have sold and to at least break even and a little above. If we work with authors, we do get a buyback agreement. So basically it's just, double the cost of the produce, which is not very much. And then the markup is like four or five times. Not very much. We don't really make an insane profit on any of this stuff. But it gets out there. The artists get something they can hold in their hands and that they can sell and promote their work. And it's that works. It's just that there is no real funding, right? It's not like I can get a grant because I'm a, it's an LLC. It's not a 501c3. Mm-hmm. I might be able to find, maybe Elsie and I might be willing to mm-hmm. be an umbrella or whatever, but then there are all these stipulations and it's really hard to do if you're not a nonprofit and you're not, you don't come from money. Neither one of us come from money. In fact, I don't know, I come from the opposite of money <laughs> and it's difficult. So 
we're looking for patrons is what we're really looking for. And our patron rates are very reasonable. If you don't make a lot of money and you can only afford $3, you'll still get everything that the person who gives $20 will get. It's perfectly egalitarian. We don't want anybody to feel like they can't participate because they don't make any money. But supporting us as a patron means that we can do more community-oriented stuff, which is, this has been great. I love giving it away. It gets it into more people's hands. More people read it and learn from it and get to experience it and talk with their neighbors. I just, it's great. So I would love to give more stuff away or print or things. Have it, like super cheap to buy. Yeah. Rather yeah. than trying to charge $20 for something that, yeah, there's a lot of time and effort put into it, but you don't necessarily see that when you pick up a small, such a small object. And Right. Yeah. We so, yeah. LCNI that you mentioned is the Umbrella Neighborhood Organization there. Again, it's just an umbrella for the many that are out there. Just an FYI, because it's things that I've been following, is there is no, there's now several journalism organizations that have started that are nonprofit. And so following that model might be interesting for you as well. But you did get some patrons for these city government Deans, right? Yeah, we did raise money on Kickstarter. I initially tried the soup thing, which was terrifying, but I did it. And I don't know, I did pretty well. I thought, but there was somebody else won, but that's fine. But I realized that there was enough support in the room that if I did a Kickstarter, then we could probably do it. And we did. I asked, there was two tiers that I wanted to raise. I obviously put in the lowest one on Kickstarter so you can get the money. And that's the one we got. We got like a little over $2,000. So that means I was able to produce 500 a piece. We can print 500 a piece. The upper tier would have, we could have printed a thousand. And everybody's donating their time with this. Everybody who's writing is donating their time, basically Mm -hmm. donating. We always donate our time to OPE, but it's just that there are people in the community gave, and also some of my mother's friends, but you know. (laughs) <laughs> they're always good they're for always that. good for something. Yeah, a couple of things. It's an opportunity for me just to point you to some resources too. So there's a Kiva fund. Mm-hmm. Kiva is a matched fund. Essentially, if you go out and do a Kickstarter, they'll match those oh, dollars. That's nice mm-hmm. through Wibbix, uh-huh. uh, which is you can email me that. Yeah, I will. But <laughs> it's nice for other people going. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. funds yeah, out yeah, there. Yeah. And like leader ethics would be really interesting if you're doing more of these government pieces to see if you can partner with them. Because, again, it's just about getting your name out there. Yeah, there's some resources out there. Wibbit can help with funding models, too, and business plans, and they're good resources. So what's next? After this, yeah, we're trying to get all of these done by the spring so that I can get them in the hands of the high school students before they leave June 1st. College or high school? High school. That okay. they're done and got the college kids, just, I, we couldn't make that deadline, but they'll be waiting them there for them when they get back. <laughs> Excuse me. We've got a couple of ideas fomenting, talking to some people about doing a renter's manifesto. She has an interest in doing, when was it, the farm? Yeah, just something of farm culture, obviously, in Wisconsin is a big thing and just focusing more on small farm, different ways of small farm operation. Oh, we almost forgot but the we biggest also thing. We also talked about like city crafts Oh people. yeah, city crafts people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a, I also do a podcast called Goat Cart. It's on Spotify. And I've been doing a esoteric series, a meditation and esoteric series. And then I'm also doing an addendum to all of this stuff where mm. I'm going to try and interview the council members. And then we want to do one on crafts people, people who keep the city running, like the shoe shop. Mm-hmm. Which we're down to one now yeah. because Lenny retired. Yeah. But we forgot to mention the most important one. It's your Peepless book. Oh, 
<laughs> she wrote a beautiful, beautiful PFAS piece about French Island. Hmm. And we call it Gonza Journalism because it's journalism. It's got an, an emotional, personal component to it. And some of it's a gut punch, but it's a tragic scenario out there. Absolutely. We're going to be printing that up where we're sending it out for reviews and then we're going to be printing it up hopefully in the next couple of months. And that's going to be in a little book with a little spine because I have a binding machine that does that now. Nice. And yeah, it's going to be it's going to be really lovely. And it's going to make you think about a few things. Which is really what we want people to do. Absolutely. Yeah, I know there's a people on the island that have a body of knowledge on PFAS is just incredible what they know about what's impacting their lives. And that's what you have to do is when you have something like that. You learn things you never thought you had to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And she did. Yeah. So good for you. And I'm always a big advocate for getting different voices out there, right? You can agree with it. You can disagree with it. But you will leave far more educated than if you hadn't read it at all. Where can people pick these up or go online to find? Okay. So right now we're out of the first one. That went fast. Um, Pretty much they... The food, the cool, the co-op went through a bunch. The library went through a bunch. We had a bunch of local stores. The list is like downtown stores, Larson's and Pearl Street Books and Dan Shoe Repair. And then the North Side. And we had a bunch on North Side. So I don't know if any are still laying so around somewhere up there. There but. might be some around town in the little place. Just go to our website, Ope Publishing. It's the website address is ope.pub. And there's a demystify button at the top and click mm-hmm. on that. It's everything you need to know. Plus the digital copy, the digi- the website has, there's a web page devoted to each one, as well as PDFs you can download to either print for yourself or print out multiple cul- copies for people that you're interested in sharing it with. It's laid out so that you can print it front to back on a duplex machine and mm-hmm. run it out. And that's how they're being disseminated. Everything is free. You don't need a hard copy. It's right there. If you want a hard copy, you can print one out. And if you can find one lying around, Good for you. It's kind of rare right now. It's a rare beast. But then then the next one, we'll do the same route that we did the drop off route. Mm -hmm. If we still find a bunch, we won't put them there. And we'll just update the list as we go along. Find Mm -hmm. the list on the website as well. Ope.pub. And that's actually the website. Yep. O-P-U-B. O-P-E dot P-U-B. Yeah. Yeah. And look forward to more stuff. If anybody's got any ideas about turning this town a little upside down and getting more people involved, feel free to contact us through the website. I answer the emails obsessively right away. It's just kind of who I am. <laughs> Everybody needs a you. Touche. And yeah, we got some great stuff coming out this year and hopefully we'll be around for a while. Sounds fantastic. Thanks for joining us. This is Vicki Marcus, and you've been listening to BizCast Greater Lacrosse, news out of the business community. We'll catch you next week. 